Swanston Gazette acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land on which the RMIT studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. The Swanston Gazette also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches. Hello and welcome to the Swanston Rundown. You're listening to Isabella, Alicia and Ruby and we're here to bring you all things news, culture and fashion. I've been a bit MIA recently, so ladies, catch me up. What's been going on? We've missed you. Yeah, Thank welcome you. back. Thank you. How was Vietnam? It was really, really good. Not gonna lie. She literally just like messaged us, but being like, "So I'm in Vietnam." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> no worries. Um, Love that for you. Have, have a good time." <laughs> no, back in reality, and yeah. we're you know. Back at the Swanson Gazette rundown. Yeah, we have to premise that Alicia is a little bit sick today. So if you hear a cough, just pretend you didn't hear it. Yeah, hopefully you don't hear a cough because that would be bad. Yeah. It'll be so fine. Anyway, should we get into our top stories? Sure, we'll do some breaking news stories. And so, Alicia, we've been hearing about some protests that have been happening. Can you tell us anything about that? Absolutely. So on Wednesday, university staff across Australia walked away from the classrooms and protested for improved job security, manageable workloads and wages in line with the increased cost of living. A key aim of the industrial action is to convince universities to include decasualization provisions in their industrial agreements, as has been agreed at a handful of interstate universities, including the University of Sydney. Universities are highly reliant on casual staff. The latest annual report for the University of the Melbourne, for example, reveals that 52% of its total staff last year were employed on fixed-term and casual contracts. At Monash, the rate is even higher, with 55.4%. An RMIT spokesperson has told the Swanson Gazette that the university was prepared to commence bargaining for an updated enterprise agreement shortly after a staff protest on Wednesday afternoon. RMIT is preparing to commence bargaining for our university agreement shortly. We'll share an update with our staff in the coming weeks, they said. We'll continue to regularly engage with all staff throughout the process. You can read the full story online by Grace Frost on the Swanson Gazette website. Wow, that's crazy. I feel like we're going to see these protests everywhere. I know a lot of my like people in my class didn't rock up either because they went. Yeah, and that's completely fair enough. Exactly. But I just feel like this is going to be a never-ending thing. I mean, did you guys see our hex sets like confirmed to go up by seven point one percent? Seven point one percent. It's just that little seven point one percent that you know. It's like really narrows it down. Really, guys, and like with the budget, I just feel like everything is just falling apart. It really is, and what I don't understand about the whole. Hex debt is that yeah. a lot of people don't view it. I feel they go into the situation not viewing it as essentially something that, that will is affect a us. Debt for yeah. Them yeah. Because they're like, oh, it'll pay off eventually. But like, that's why you've still got 40 year old people in their yeah. jobs still paying off their hex debt. Yeah. We had a we had a bit of a deep dive into this a couple of weeks ago and we were just saying like they expect us to get these jobs and all that. It's like, well, let's look at this protest that just happened. Yeah. Um, you can't match the salaries to the inflation. No. no wonder people are marching. Like, I totally get it. Like, it's a scary, dark time, I think. And God, the amount of fees that we have to pay, you'd think they'd be able to pay their staff. That's all I can oh, say. You'd think they'd be able to pay their if staff. Our, if our fees are that much for this course, uh, where's, where's the money going? Where's the money going, guys? Come on. Yes. Anyway, should we get into our next story? Definitely. What else is on the agenda? We've got and a little bit of an update from last week on the vaping story. Yes, so the Australian government will ban the importation of non-prescription vaping products, including those that do not contain nicotine, in the most significant tobacco and vaping control measures in the country in a decade. Speaking on ABC's Q&A on Monday night, the Health Minister Mark Butler said that the tobacco industry was trying to create a new generation of nicotine addicts through vaping and that he was determined to stamp out this public health menace. So, under the new legislation, vapes can only be legally sold in pharmacies and be boxed in pharmaceutical-like packaging. 
and knew this would happen. We I literally said this last week. I was like, they're going to start doing what they did to the Siggies and it's happening. Yeah. So what's the deal with disposable vapes then? Disposable vapes will also be banned and a set of minimum quality standards will be introduced restricting flavours, colours and nicotine concentrates. So Mark Butler said that there would be no more bubblegum flavours, pink unicorns or vape disguised as highlighter pens for kids to hide <laughs> in their pencil cases. I think this has become like such a predominant issue for the government, especially because of the targeting to like high school students. Yeah, stuff. it's the mm. fact that it's, yeah. it's. I feel like with cigarettes, it was kind of like everyone was doing it and I guess everyone's doing it in vaping, but I feel like vaping has become such a younger person it focused has, it has. activity. And I think there are new studies that show that the age group between like 21 to 30 year olds have a 30 percent increase of taking up smoking after vaping oh 100 vaping being a lead out from smoking i don't think it is i think i don't think that's correct like i just don't see how vaping is going to stop you from smoking i i know people who try to quit vaping through smoking (laughs) they said yep just one cigarette a day and i'm okay and i'm like you're 20 yeah Yeah, it's such a cycle yeah like yeah I'm, i'm smoking now to stop vaping i'm vaping now to stop smoking yeah then I guess what about people who actually need, I guess vaping from like because it's being pharmaceutically prescribed. So yeah, where's that? Angle? I don't. How is that gonna? Is yeah, it for them as well. I guess. How I know about these. I know about these vaping pens that like one's dedicated to make you sleepy one's dedicated mm-hmm. for energy and it is actually made out of like natural like like they smell really herby, yeah. um but I'm just like. This just feels unnecessary. Have a cup of coffee. I'd rather just take some melatonin if I need to yeah. go to sleep. I'd rather drink a Red Bull, you know. Melatonin. I'm like, does this need to affect my lungs? But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens if this actually does get, you know, start to work. And I'm sure, have they said anything about putting a tax on them? Yeah, so they've said, actually, I'm not sure if this is just smoking, but the taxing for nicotine products will go up 5% each year. And now there's going to be... Um, Pre-rolled cigarettes and tobacco are going to be taxed equally because I think a lot of people yeah go for the yeah. bags of tobacco for the cheap like the cheapness. So I was coming back from duty free, yeah, I could, get a, I could get a packet of ten different cigarettes, literally for fifty bucks. <gasps> I pay fifty bucks for one packet. Of wow, but like still. And then the thing is, there's actually was that in Australia or was well, that no. in? So that was in Kuala Lumpur and then in Hanoi. But the thing is. On the declaration form, you have to declare if you're bringing in more than 29 individual cigarettes or they take them off you. Wow. So you can't even buy You can't even use them. You can't. So I might have been with someone who had to throw out (gasps) all of the ones they bought because they couldn't bring them back into the country. Yeah, that's crazy. I I have a great story about Duty Free. Um, We were in Paris and my father, who was a wine connoisseur, thought it'd be a great idea to bring back as much French wine as he could. Yeah, it turns out he wasn't allowed to bring that much. So my poor father was drinking. um, He he wasn't going to let it go to waste. It's French French wine. wine. (laughs) So he's sitting there in the airport by himself as me and my mum are going shopping in the Duty Free and drinking his French wine out of a paper cup. Love that for him. Yeah, so thanks, Judy Free. He's giving some kind of energy, but you know. I know, I'm like, I'm like, is this, I love this. <laughs> like, I can radiate this energy. <laughs> really? No, but yeah, wow, there you go. Speaking of some fancy, classy energy. Oh, yes. Are you guys, I'm sure you're aware of the coronation. The Great lead way, by the way. Thank you. Great lead way. I mean, are we even aware? Like, do we matter? Do we care? Like, mm. I'm not sure. This is really interesting to me. I, I actually find it so interesting talking about the monarchy. Um, because I feel like our generation is very like, we don't need one, we don't care. I feel like that's the general audience and the vibe that I'm getting from our um, 
as I said, you know, from like 15 to like maybe 30-year-olds, I feel. Um, But I'm going to be honest, I'm a big Royals girl. And not really? not because of anything to do with like oh they're the, I I just love Kate Middleton yeah, I love her style that's literally it where it comes from fashion. it comes down I'm like we can agree or disagree if we need one but God does she pull some great looks she does and well King Charles III will be crowned on Saturday alongside his wife Camilla the Queen Consort yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. The, fair enough. Fair enough. Valid, valid. The coronation Diana. is a centuries-old ceremony packed with symbols and meanings that the world hasn't seen in 70 years because... Of course, there hasn't been a coronation for a hot minute. She was the longest reigning one and it was actually mm. the very first coronation to be televised. So we can go back and we can have wow. a little sauce and see how far technology has come. Well, have you seen it? Um, how many people have supposedly turned down performing at the coronation? I have. Who have they got? They've got, really, they've got Katy Perry. I don't want to actually... I wasn't, I'm not going to say anything against Katy Perry. But it just doesn't. It doesn't fit match. With the, it doesn't, doesn't fit. fit. It doesn't yeah. fit. It does it's not interesting fit. that she's not British. Yeah, I right? feel like it like, needs to be a Brit. I'm so confused. <laughs> but anyways, you know. I so mean, you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do for the bag. And something else Ooh. that he's doing is he's doing something very old timey and making quote unquote or allowing people to pledge allegiance to him. Is this America? Do they need to pledge okay. allegiance to the flag? What? So people can have the have like the accessibility to pledge allegiance that's what he's asking of patrons and i'm like oh that's not gonna go down well i don't think sounds a bit odd mate i don't think it'll go down well especially with what i just said i think well albo pledged allegiance to him oh albo's over there to attend the event also he attended carl sanders wedding sorry that's sorry albo that's really random have we all seen his wife oh yeah i thought really young I thought. Oh, I was just okay, like, sorry. I thought. I thought. Oh, this is lovely. It's a. Yeah. It's a father daughter. Oh, I know. So but everyone's like, oh, the happy couple. And I was like, oh, my bad. Okay, so along with our listeners, I might need to go and look this up. Yeah, but very interesting about the coronation. I don't know. I'm just excited to see what Kate Middleton wears. So we said. have our producer on the sidelines. Our producer's just laughing having at a bit of a up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have opinions and they're okay. <laughs> they might be quite shocked. Sitting back and enjoying every moment. Okay, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad because we're like, have we said something wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but no, so anyway, so apparently Albo just, you know, loves to attend all these fancy events. And he does, be you there know, yeah. Supporting King Charles. So we love that. Yeah, thing. that will be interesting. I can't wait. Do you know what I can't wait for? Well, can't wait for the right. memes. The memes yep. are the memes. so great. I saw this article and it said terrorists beware um, because of the King's coronation. And everyone's like, oh, yep, I'm sure that was a very strong message. I'm sure they're all going to hold off this weekend because of that very strong message. Mm. And I was like, why? Why, are we do- why? why would you say that? I'm so confused. Why are you putting a public announcement through a news article saying, guys, please, if you're a terrorist, just like don't. Just like don't. Just like this weekend, please. Just this weekend alone, I don't feel like it's... Maybe like next weekend if you just want to try something. But this weekend, no. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. But, um... No. Well, I want to hear about some fashion news. Because if the... I don't know, in my opinion, biggest fashion event of the year might not, have just happened on Monday. Not just your opinion. It's a fact. Oh, there we go. I'm it's so a glad. fact. I'm so glad. This <laughs> has been the biggest thing to happen to me personally. This was bigger than my birthday. I had three screens up and two phones going to see all the looks, to hear all the interviews, to know everything. So I feel very well-knowledged about this event. So let me give a bit of an introduction into what the Met Gala was, is, and 
how it happened. So the highly anticipated 2023 Met Gala took place on Monday, May 1st in New York City, celebrating the opening of the Costume Institute's Karl Lagerfeld Alina Beauty Exhibition. So every Met Gala always takes place the first Monday of May, and it just happened to be that Monday was May 1st. Um, the dress code was in honour of Karl, allowing attendees to draw inspiration from Lagerfeld's work at prominent fashion houses such as Chanel, Fendi and Balmain, also Chloe. Um, the event was hosted by Penelope Cruz, Michael Cole, Roger Federer, Dua Lipa and, of course, Miss Anna Wintour. The Met Gala is a charity event and its annual fashion exhibition raises eight-figure sums and the guest list is a top-secret event until the event and attendees are not allowed to even bring their phones. No publicists, no agents, even security. They can't bring their own security. Like, they have to – it's just wow. it's just yeah. them. So, I mean – I heard that the ticket price got bumped up. Oh, probably like everything else in the world. Literally. So I think a table's $450,000. So what will usually happen is, um, say Versace will go and purchase a table and then they can t- invite their guests and they will dress their guests. Oh, so the celebrities not buy the tickets? No, no, never. Oh, it's okay. very, very rare. I'm sure some of them may have once, um, but it's more so prominent figures will buy a ticket in yeah. order to support the cause. Yeah. So, yeah, it's mainly you buy tables and that's – so just alone you think about 450,000. I think it's like 15 tables or something. Correct. I, I haven't fact-checked that. So, you know, and then you have what people just want to donate in terms of, you know, how much they want to do. And what do we think about the controversial decision? Mm, because with the theme. With the theme because I've seen a lot of media online – which hasn't been very positive. Oh. And is it true that some celebrities didn't because of the theme? Yeah, so Jamila Jamil has actually been incredibly vocal about her opinions towards the Met Gala and about the theme that they're celebrating. And, you know, it takes me back to my arguments separating the art from the person. And I think it's really hard to. And it was really interesting to see how some of them were being interviewed. I know, for instance, Billie Eilish, when she got interviewed, the, and the, the interviewer said, and I don't think the interviewer should have said this. I understand why she had to say this, but when you know that this Met Gala is such a touchy subject, she went, oh, how, how do you feel about Karl Lagerfeld and his iconic work? And you could just see Billie was like... I just think tonight's such a beautiful night and I'm so privileged to be here. And I was like, yeah, 100%. Like, you've you got to avoid it. And Vogue you did... just do what Doja Cat did and just meow. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I feel like that gets you out of controversy. Um, but to be honest, I think Vogue did a very great job at really avoiding the whole situation. But I wanted to actually go back to Jamila Jamil because I wanted to read her statement and I think it really shows why people felt uncomfortable and I think it sums it up well. So... This was directly from her Instagram. Karl Lagerfeld is the theme for the entire Met Gala next year. This man was indeed supremely talented, but used his platform in such a distinctly hateful way, mostly towards women, so repeatedly and up until last years of his life. Showing no remorse, offering no atonement, no apology, no help to the groups he attacked. There was no explanation for his cruel outbursts. Those groups were women who were sexually assaulted, the entire Me Too movement, gay couples who wanted to adopt, all fat people, significantly fat women, and some of his greatest harm was against Muslim refugees and the disgusting way he spoke about people fleeing their homes for fear of their lives. Why is this who we celebrate when there are so many amazing designers out there who aren't bigoted white men? What happened to everyone's principles and advocacy? You don't get to stand for justice in these areas and attend the celebration of someone who revealed his 
in his own public disdain for marginalised people. Sorry, but no. This isn't the 90s. We didn't fight all of this dot, 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 just to throw it all away because some white guy made some pretty clothes for people's skinny faves. Come on now. And as a fashion lover and a Vogue lover and all sorts of that world lover, I have to agree. I have to completely agree. And I know that, you know, I went on my Instagram personally and I was sharing all these looks, being like, oh, my God, love this, just my last Met Gala moment. And, you know, I do feel like a bit that I supported that. But it does, like, I really do agree with her in this sense. You know, there are so many incredible people to celebrate and why do we continue to act like we're this woke community when we do these events? So the Met Gala theme, it's based off, like, different exhibitions. Yeah, definitely. And so do they pick ones that are controversial to try and spark controversy mm. on purpose? Like... So that there's more buzz, but then does there need to be more buzz? Why are we trying to use shock culture I, to get people engaged? I totally agree it's with like, you. Anyways. No, I totally agree with you. And I think it's it is interesting because I think I think the reason Carl was celebrated was because let's be real, Anna Wintour and him were best mates. Mm. You know, there was a lot of Carl did a lot for the magazine. I think it made sense in a way, but also it's just like, come on, like their perfect ex- exhibition was Heavenly Bodies. It was just so well executed and I think they're really good at picking themes that can represent fashion. But the past couple of years have been a bit meh, if I'm honest. But anyways, I think I just want to talk very quickly about some of my favourite looks. Dua Lipa in Chanel Vintage. She wore Claudia Schiffer's um, dress from one of the runways. We saw Anne Hathaway in Versace, which was the most perfect collaboration between Chanel and Versace. She was wearing tweed with the, you know, you had little bits of motifs from Versace. She looked stunning. Um, Let's just talk about ASAP Rock in Rihanna and Valentino. They do no wrong. They do no wrong. They looked amazing. Yes, they may have been an hour and a half late but we love them. And finally, Margot Robbie, our Aussie girl in Chanel. She looked stunning. And that's the vibe she's going for. It is. Like, it is a little bit of a forgettable look, but she looked stunning in saying that. So that wraps up the biggest event of the year. <laughs> I feel like I spoke very, very much on that, but I think we can that's wrap right. that up. So this is now a fashion podcast. Yeah, you know, I'm just, this is, this is actually my whole plan all along. Yeah. Yeah, okay. just to just butt you guys out and just to only do fashion. No, but that's all right. We love to hear about it, don't we, Alicia? Yeah. <laughs> Alicia's just sitting there looking at me like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sure. I totally know what she's sure. talking about. Yeah. I'll give you the rundown after, don't worry. <laughs> and also, guys, if you want to hear about any of the looks that I spoke about, they'll all be on our Swanson Gazette Instagram. So now I think we're time to wrap up. Time to wrap up. Thank you for listening, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.